Hi there, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. We're real-life best friends, but we met playing fake-life best friends, Turk and JD, on the sitcom Scrubs. 20 years later, we've decided to re-watch the series one episode at a time and put our memories into a podcast you can listen to at home. We're going to get all our special guest friends like Sarah Chalk, John C. McGinley, Neil Flynn, Judy Reyes. Show creator Bill Lawrence, editors, writers, and even prop masters will tell us about what inspired the series and how we became a family. You can listen to the podcast Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Before the show starts, I would like you to do me a favor. Please go to podsurvey.com slash words and take a quick anonymous survey that will help this show get to know you a little bit better. Obviously, this show is operating off advertiser support, and I want to make sure that we are delivering the most appropriate people and clients and services to you, the listener. And once you've completed the survey, you can choose to enter to win $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply, of course, but please go to podsurvey.com slash words, W-O-R-D-S. And thank you very much for your help. I really appreciate it. So please do that. And now here's the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm a little stuffy, but I am your host, Ray Harkins, here with another episode of of fun discussions about independent music. This one is a little bit different. It's not the uh, good old interview that you were used to. This is uh, something that we did last year with uh, two close friends of mine, Joey Cahill and Jeremy Bohm. We actually revisited our best of list from 2000. I think we did 2005 last year, if I'm not mistaken. 2007. No, 2007, I want to say. But Today, we are revisiting the best of 2006, our top 10 lists from that year, where we, um, you know, check it out again, see how it holds up, see if we, uh, if we agree with our picks from, you know, some, what is it, 13 years ago? Holy moly, time flies, right? So uh, hopefully you enjoy this little uh, fun exercise because uh, I think the feedback I got from the last time we did this is that it really, you know, it caused people to dive back and listen to the records that they enjoyed back then, uh, or listen to the records that, that we personally put on our lists. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun little trip in nostalgia, but what I need you to do a few things, one subscribe to the show. Okay. If you don't do that, you're messing the show up. I, you're personally breaking my heart. Not, not necessarily, but I do need you to subscribe to the show. That way you get a new episode every single week when I post this. And uh, yeah, that's just the easiest way to get this directly piped into your podcast catcher and then you'll listen to it or you don't listen to it. You know, I, I get it, but subscribe to the show. It helps out the show tremendously. You also need to visit rockabilly.com because you can use the code PC Jabberjaw and it gives you 10% off any stuff you buy from their site. Incredible, incredible people that work over there. And they have so much band merch that you don't even know what to do with. They have just so much merch in general. It's cold pretty much everywhere right now. So buy yourself a new hoodie, buy yourself a sweater, buy yourself a beanie, whatever the case may be. It's all officially licensed and they have a tremendous, like so much merch. You don't even know where to begin looking, but trust me, you'll have so much fun accomplishing what you set out to do when you use the coupon code PC Jabberjaw. 10% 10% off rockabilia, your band merch. Okay. That was a little, uh, that was a little tangent. I apologize. But anyways, 
this was a really fun episode and I encourage you to really go back, listen to the records that uh, you enjoyed, you know, some 10 to 15 years ago, cause you'll, you'll be surprised. And, uh, I, I really, I enjoyed the list that I put together myself and, uh, and this isn't like me or Joey or Jeremy operating off of memory. This is like our literal best of list that we kept from back in the day. So, um, yeah, here that is the best of 2006 and, uh, stay tuned to the very end because of course I will tell you about what's happening next week. Okay. Now here's the show. So we're traveling back in time like we did last year, but now we're traveling back to 2006, which I think is interesting because we obviously were in completely different spots in all of our lives. So Jeremy, can you walk with 2006? What were you doing at that time? (laughs) Uh, 2006, I was, I had stopped working at the record store and I started working in a post-production house. Um, which was a weird change to have an adult job. Um, cause I was so used to just working with a bunch of dickheads behind a counter with no real boss telling us what we can and can't say to customers and just, you know, being, being young. But, uh, then, I, yeah, then I got pushed into having to have an adult job, um, and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, balancing playing in a band and, um, having to, actually show up to work <laughs> that, was, that was my life 2006 jo- uh you guys what about what about you joey I'm, I'm fairly certain that we were both working i had i was working at abacus but i also quit abacus in 2006 and started working for my mom at the light the lighting business a few months later so i went from record store to revelation to abacus to doing sales for decorative lighting <laughs> What a what a journey! I don't, yeah. I don't, in reflecting on, it, I don't remember. Like I legitimately, I mean, I remember you quitting, but I don't. Rem- I, I I think you just were like, I mean, not like I was the. How much can, boss. I, talk about, how much can I talk about Abacus on here? <laughs> you, we have we have. Well, remember how we didn't get paid that one time for a couple months? Oh, for like four months, and then it was going to happen again. Yeah, so I went. I went to. Uh, the label manager, or no, it was, I guess he was our GM, Chris, and said, uh, I need a raise. He said no, and I said, goodbye. Goodbye, that's right. <laughs> that, that, I, was, I was glad that uh, you were able to do that. I remember that being like, yeah, that's, that's stressful, not getting paid for many months at a time, waiting for this fiction. Well, it wasn't a fictional check. It was coming, but. How much longer yeah, did it Slash illegal. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, that is illegal. <laughs> How much longer did it last? I want to say, I think I quit in like July, man. I don't know that that time gets really fuzzy. Cause like it was, there was like a month where I didn't know if I was like shifting back into century media or whatever. There was like that weird, like, okay, Abacus, like, you know, all of those people are not going to work anymore. But like, Ray, I think we want you back at century media. And I was like, you think, or like, am I <laughs> like, what does that mean? So I think I remember going in there for a meeting. I probably was like 2007. So it was maybe another, you know, six months to a year or whatever. But yeah, the fun times. And I, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. I'll never forget sitting in that office by myself for eight hours waiting, waiting for the, for the internet. internet. Of course. I'll never forget you sitting in the office and being like, Oh my gosh, with no furniture. Zero. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's a, we could do a whole separate podcast on the, uh, interesting setup 
that a a label had at that time. Well, I'm amazed by this mainly because wasn't the whole structure of Abacus to just throw all of the money at a band to try to get them to work to be on the label? So how on earth did you not have furniture and internet, but you're like able to throw the Juliana theory so much money? The the main reason is that the fact that we were children and we were tasked with adult responsibilities of like I don't know like I don't know how to you know, it's like one morning waking up and being like all right we got to find an office uh, oh how do you do that I don't know I mean I what I, we're all in our thirties and we probably still have difficulty like doing that you know so it was just children not knowing what they're doing and I start when I started I was still in like the at Century in like the when you, the schools have the fake classrooms that are like the bungalow classrooms yeah. That was in like the bung was in the bungalow, and then we. Oh, yeah, that's bounced. right. I remember that. Yeah, we were all shoved in there next to one another. Man, but hey, we got to put out some cool records, you know. Turmoil, sick yeah. of it all. It's cool. Ignite. Radiation. Right. I don't think I've ever got yelled at more from from anybody than the vocalist <laughs> of that band. I still I still think he harbors resentment towards me. I mean, I haven't spoken to him in ten plus years, but yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. oh I'm sorry. Well, if the doctor is listening. He will. Uh, yeah. Reach out. Yeah, there we go. I, I don't I don't harbor any ill will. I was just doing business. It's not my my decision to drop your band or whatever. But that's neither here nor there. So you you had uh, it, Jeremy, like you were mentioning before we were recording, you had your list uh, genre. So like, but how many overall records did you have? Uh, uh, yeah, probably about. Well, let's see. There was the. There's oh my god. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is so stupid. Uh, hard, like hardcore punk, uh, top 10. And then I have hardcore punk honorable mentions. And then I have, uh, which there's a lot of honorable mentions and then top 10 indie post hardcore records, which is stupid. And then I, which is like, yeah, like 10 and then honorable mentions for those. Okay. And then, then I have two hip hop records at the end. And then I have my worst of list which is thorough. And then I have top 50 songs of 2006. Jesus Christ. I had too much time on my hands. <laughs> this is probably when I was just sitting in that, in that adult job in the back, just like bored, like maybe this will work on this. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. <laughs> I Rip guess I'll, I guess I'll work on this. Yeah. Mine was, I just, go ahead. Go ahead. It's just so funny. Like I had a hard time coming with the top 10. Yeah. Scene, and it's like, I mean, people do like top 200 and it's like i i mean i don't know how we had the time back then to listen to so many records like i don't listen to that many records anymore yeah right here's the other thing and this is going to make it this is like sounds like a grandpa statement here but um i'm looking at these records they're all way better than any records that are coming out right now sorry like, <laughs> like i i pretty much stand by my record my list six like where 2007 I thought was funnier, like this list is pretty good. I, I <laughs> yeah. the fucking... like the, in the back 15, but like that top 10 is pretty strong, real strong. I yeah. I agree. Like it would, uh, just in looking at my quote unquote honorable mentions that I divided in there, it's whatever. It's like I had well, I guess the most glaring. Th- I had like the Dagger Mouth record, but it's like whatever. That was cute pop punk at the time. But it was like Ceremony, yeah. Editors, Heavens, Deftones, Tragedy, Envy, Rise and Fall. It was just like those are great There's records. Still. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, well who wants to start? I know. Let's kick it off. Uh, Joey, how about uh, how about you? you want to, what your number I'm, 10? My number 10 from 2006 was No Effects, Wolves and Wolves Clothing. Fucking great record. Very good record. Yeah. Oh, great record. And while this doesn't maybe isn't true anymore, I said it was the most con- they're the most consistent band, and everything they've ever done is good. I don't know that's if I agree with that. That's not true today, and I don't think that was true in two thousand six. Well, it's but, not true in two thousand six because there was a record called Heavy Petting Zoo, which is straight trash. Nope, that record is yeah, great. I haven't I haven't listened to that in probably 15 years, so I would not be able to weigh in. But Hot Dog in a Hallway? Get out of here. That is a bad the, record. What was the record after um, the one with the, all the pills on the front? Valiant? Uh, what, Pump Up the Valiant? Yeah. 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 That's not very good. Well, see... Uh, what the, what no effects I think does, which I you can look at and be like, yeah, this is a, this is a trend. Is when they put out a great record, they follow it with straight trash. Like no matter, like Punky Rubik <laughs> was followed by Heavy Petting Zoo, Wolves and Wolves Clothing was followed by uh, Frisbee, which they knew was bad, so they called it Frisbee. Right. And uh, I think I think i could be wrong but is pump of the Val- uh pump of the volume after so long and thanks for all the shoes which is a fucking banger of a record that's what i'm saying like you can will, count on them to straight yeah i like war on airism which was before wolves and wolves clothing i mean i mean it, i guess in the older records don't really count because white trash into punk and Drublic is like both of those records are classics yeah and ribbed is amazing yep uh of the early material i could do without s and airlines and liberal animation both of those don't really hold up very well i never no. liked that lines but ribbed, ribbed was, i mean there's some ribbed is great yeah ribbed was like the first record where i don't want to say they figured it out because they still so. they're still figuring themselves out <laughs> but like, that was like the first record i mean they just released a live record of it this past year like that record still holds up sure yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely but <laughs> clothing is probably the record i listen to the most still like if i want to listen to no effects that'll probably be the one i go to first you and i are on the scene yeah that record just that record smokes yep yep uh ray you want to go i will i'll uh well joey Joey. i forgot the thing yeah joey yeah do you want ray to go or do you want me to go (laughs) we'll let ray go (laughs) i love it dude but jerry it's great dude You're, you're you're taking over your host duties i love it uh this my dog is stressing me out so i'm I'm just like i'm on edge (laughs) i love it uh the number 10 record for me is the seos and self-titled record um the i i mean i love the band we toured yeah tours toured with the band uh love all the the members of the band that record is still uh i re-listened to it recently what's that that's the record with cove that's the record with cove um and uh yeah it's just i mean as far as a sort of pop radio record like they just they just killed it you're was it called you're not alone is that the single you're not alone yeah exactly that is great it's very good i know I re- that's record i haven't listened to in a long time but i remember really liking it <laughs> yeah it's I, and i mean the production on it is insane i mean they they recorded it at like you know uh oh gosh i don't know i can't remember the name of the studio whatever they recorded like howard benson you know they probably spent like nine kajillion dollars on it so it's like it just sounds beautiful the capital of course capital yeah yeah i think they sold i think it i think the record is almost gold which is insane it's sold a lot of copies yeah it's crazy wow there you go and that was 
that didn't have like radio play right the you're not alone song did like it got i mean not like you know imagine dragons radio play or whatever but like it had some it had some legs as they say in the industry (laughs) what do you what do you got jeremy number number 10 for you uh my number 10 record is thursday city by the light divided good record yeah uh for our worsts what's that we're gonna go over our worsts if you name Uh, a record maybe i'm down was that in your worst record how that made like and I've that made my worst list, and I like I don't really know why. You were angry. I, I've totally come back around on it, and yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's. I mean, I if if I think if we did the 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 full list of looking at Thursday records, it's probably why it's my number ten. I mean, when it, all their other records would be much higher on my list. Um, but I stand by that my favorite Thursday song is on that record, the song uh, "Running from the Rain." That that song is insanely beautiful and it's uh it's it's stayed my favorite thursday song so because of that it made it made my number 10 nice yeah, yeah it, it's not the, it's not the thursday record i i go to as far as listening um sure. but, but yeah but it, i mean in hearing those songs live when they did that tour last year uh mm-hmm. yeah that was like oh yeah that's right like this is a great song well yeah when you revisit it you're like oh there's a lot of bangers on this for sure i just think at the time they were Go ahead. I would say coming after we're all the time too, which like I love, I mean, I love that record and I loved that record when it came out and it's almost like I wanted that record again and they didn't do that. I think. Sure. I mean, they were, uh, unfortunately you could look at Thursday and sort of like look at all these things that were constantly pushed against them. And that was the situation of them, taking a lot of years between we're all the time and city by the light divided and then being stuck in a situation on a major label where it was at the time when all those labels were merging. So all the people that originally signed them were no longer there and no longer knew how to handle the band. So uh, I've never, got- I've never heard that story ever from any band that's yeah. ever signed to a major. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, unfortunately, I think, I think like the time between records and then a record not being promoted whatsoever, worked against them which sucks yeah for sure you could probably you could probably easily line it up with like you know thrice's vihisu as well where it was like you know because i think that that came out maybe a year before a year after i can't remember the timeline but it's like five i think we'll talk about it okay yeah so it's like yeah both of those things was just kind of like oh yeah well it's not exactly what we wanted so yeah see you later but totally yeah um you, you, uh, you can do number nine now Oh, true. God, I'll never, I'll never understand the format. Um, my number nine is Jenny Lewis and the Watts Twins, uh, Rabbit Fur Coat. If there is a Jenny Lewis record, you guys are putting it on the list no matter what. <laughs> it made, it's my number 21. <gasps> wow. Thing where like, if I could come like redo it again, it'd be like, it would actually, I mean, it would probably, my number nine record wouldn't be on here. And that record would be much higher than number nine but you know you can't change history this is what it is this is what it is yeah uh i don't know D- does ray look like he just became oh there you go yeah you, you went dark for a second <laughs> um yeah this uh that jenny lewis record i feel like it it almost just still sounds like a right it could be a rilo kiley record you know it's like not far off that that uh that same sort of sound well and it was Rilo Kiley was still a band because at the oh, end of the write-up about it, it says new Rilo Kiley in 2007. Um, so this was, 
This was uh, post or adventurous. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense too, the way it sounds. But uh, yeah, goddamn. Fantastic records. Did you, Joey, you went to the that tour for that record? Yes. Yeah. Where'd they play out there? Uh, the Wang. Okay. I don't know where that is. The theater. Okay. Um, I mean, it was incredible. Like, yeah. And those, yeah, those songs, I mean, don't sound, you know, data or anything. No, because I guess I did, that was 2006, 2007 ish when, or 2016, 2017, when that tour happened, it was 10 years. Uh, yeah. I'll just never, so, I'll, I'll never forget, Joey, when we saw Postal Service at the Casbah, and you and I just like stood right in front of Jenny Lewis and just like, just drooled, just be like, oh my gosh, the cutest thing I've ever seen. I, I talk about that show as much as possible just because it was the first Postal Service show. I know. I got her, I got her set list, dude. I was like, oh, oh, I loved you in The Wizard. <laughs> That's creepy. Don't. don't. I, I, I did not do that, obviously, Jeremy. But still. No, yeah, the wizard, I'm like, uh, my, my dog, she's like nine. <laughs> no, but the, you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Hopefully. You've seen the movie The Wizard, right? Oh, I've seen the movie The Wizard. Okay, yeah. yeah I thought, I thought yeah, so. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I want to first of all, Super Mario Brothers 3. Yeah. What's that? Oh, right, right, right. The Huge tease. deal. Huge deal. Yeah, um, yeah, that record, uh, Rabbit for Code, is fucking awesome. But when they played here, they played it like a like a church in downtown LA. That uh, I've only I've been there twice now, but like because like Connor and Phoebe Richards played there like a year later. But like just that hearing that record in that atmosphere was just incredible. So yeah, that record holds up still. Didn't they like walk down the aisle? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, came out. They did the same. They didn't really do the same thing in Boston, but they like came out from like from the wings like the same way but i'm sure it would have been much cooler seeing them come down like the church aisles yeah it was very haunting it was it was awesome um uh, joey what's your what's your number nine justin timberlake future sex love sounds no comment yeah oh, okay <laughs> that's like the one like i would uh, yeah, that's probably the main one I would not do put on here again. Uh, like, to a longevity sake, like in the sense of like you, you you're not you're not finding yourself still throwing on that Justin Timberlake record. No, there's um, there's a single on that record, but I can't think of what it's called. That it's probably the one song I would probably if, like put on like a Spotify playlist from it, and that's it. Uh, Got it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. In a world where everyone is confined to their homes, society begins its largest bin watch to date. In the hallowed library of Hulu, or perhaps on a shelf of DVDs you haven't looked at in a decade, is a show that perfectly encapsulates life in the early aughts and launched a friendship that would inspire millions. Hi, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. In 2001, we starred in Scrubs. A sitcom that revealed a glimpse of what it was like to survive a medical internship. As Turk and JD, we explored guy love. Nearly 20 years later, a lot has changed. We're not supermen, but we're still best friends. Eh. Given the mandatory lockdown, there's no better time to relive the series that brought us together in the first place. 
and we're doing it with a podcast. That's right, people. We're going to bring friends and crew members and fellow cast members and writers. And and guess what? We're going to even invite some of you to call into the podcast and ask all the questions you want of the entire Sacred Heart staff. Join us for Fake Doctors, Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> my, on the complete opposite side of things, my number nine record is uh, Pelican. The fire in our throats will beckon the thaw. Uh, I mean, I see like connection between Justin Timberlake and Pelican. If yeah. You really Six degrees of separation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was obsessed with Pelican. I mean, the, it's, you will notice the thematic uh, connections in my list as we go along. But uh, yeah, man, if you played heavy music and it was uh, instrumental and created a mood, I'll go ahead and put you right to the top of my list. Pelican did that. Way to go, guys. <laughs> uh, my number eight record is the Norma Jean Redeemer record. I, I me, Hold on. Let me slip on Pelican real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Please. Pelican was a bit like, I liked them, but I only time I ever saw them was at the Coos in Long Beach, which had like a, it was just like surrounded by like tin. And it was like the worst sounding thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I saw. I didn't see that. I didn't see them as much as I saw like ISIS or Mogwai during that time. But like, yeah, they obviously always played with those bands. And uh, I just what they did with. Uh, I mean, even seeing them when they because they just played that you know the Caven benefit, the Caleb Schofield benefit, and watching them there, I was just like, God, they still like they just they fill up a room. I mean, it's you know four dudes, and they just make it sound so 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 heavy. So, anyways. Stepping, stepping on my number eight now, Norma Jean Redeemer. Uh, I still listen to that record. It's still so good. And I don't know. I, I know, Joey, you liked Norma Jean. And I think you, you kind of mess with Norma Jean as well, Jeremy, right? Sort of? Uh, I, I like to bless the martyr. But as everyone else did at that era, it, it like I think that record got delivered to your door if you were at all interested in aggressive music in that era. But uh, Redeem, is Redeemer the first one after Bless the Martyr? Uh, let's see. Redeemer is no. I think, was, I think there was one in between there. Oh, oh God, the aftermath. That was. Oh, that, that's that's the first one without Josh. Yep, got it. Yep. So, yeah, this was this the record that they did with Ross Robinson? Yeah, it's got the crow on it, pecking the person's eye or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, there's that painting. That album cover painting is like the size of a wall, and uh we did like a weird photo shoot thing at Ross Robinson studio, like many, 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 many years ago. And that whole, he has like a wall of, or like, a, like that painting is on his wall. And it's like sh- insane how fucking big it is. It was, uh, it's just, yeah, I don't, I, I don't understand how that could be condensed so small. Like, wow. Like, yeah, let's make that into a CD. Like, yeah, you know, <laughs> let's condense. Yeah. Let's condense this. That's crazy. I didn't, I had no idea that it was a painting. I mean, like I yeah. saw that it's a painting on the cover, but I didn't know it was in that sure. proportions. Crazy. It's, yes. And also I'm just like, why does Ross Robinson get this? Yeah. <laughs> I record, like Norma Jean, the band, I like, obviously like bless the martyr. And then I really didn't care about the next two records until the next record I cared about was the anti mother. Wow. Really like, it, it, they kind of switched it up a little and just wanted to be the Deftones. 
Yeah, well, th- I, this, this one has the beginning of them like singing on it and stuff like that. And I think it was just the way that they did. It was like one of the first times I really recognized like, oh, screaming can like be catchy as long as you do it in like a certain tone. I was like, oh, wow. Inter- interesting thought. Huh. Yeah. This, this is them still like doing a lot of like botch worship on that record. Yeah. It's yeah. got it basically, it's like that, bri- it's the bridge record, even though it's their like for sure their most polished record. Um, but it's that record that w- w- what Joey was talking about where it's like they were, you know, going for something. Um, but yeah, I still, still mess with the record really good. Um, well, number eight for Joey. How about you, Joey? Uh, nah, hip hop is dead. Okay. Good Nas record. Can't can't say I ah. listened to it. Can't say I listened yeah. to it. It was the first one after him and uh, Jay Z made up. Apparently, because I said uh, the new Jay Z sucked, and the new Nas didn't. There we go. There we go. <laughs> what Jay Z was it that year? Like King, Kingdom Come also made my worst list. Oh, okay. There you go. Just because I've never been a big Jay Z guy, so I don't know why I would put it on my worst list. But yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Sure. Uh, my number eight. Uh, my number eight is uh, Envy, uh, Insomniac Doze. I, I wrote, I like when I was looking at my list, I, of course, as we all did, write a paragraph about each record. I, I, yeah. I was like, I was so disappointed because it wasn't as aggressive as, you know, Dead Sinking Story. But then, like, now I listen to that record and I'm just like, it's yeah like it's, it's it's still envy like i don't know why i was so critical of it even though it was like my number 12 record right because i mean it's the first record i think where it's yeah they they went much slower you know it was just more just yeah that's I mean, the, that's what the, the title says it alone you're totally right it's the pace i think that's what, probably what it was where it's just like oh dude it's not as like fast it's like well they just took a step back calm down right it's it's like not as fast but it's possibly their heaviest record yep. it's so fucking heavy yeah um uh we got to do a tour with them in like in the u.s in uh 2010 i think it was and uh the song warm room which is the last song on that ep they would always <laughs> they would always close with it and it's funny and then like revisiting the recorded version of it it's like drastically different which is interesting it's like why I, I wonder what made them be like oh it's like change how this whole thing sort of like crescendos but uh that song always was like super moving and now it's just now i think like after all these years like it just holds like a deeper meaning so i'm stoked that that actually made it on the list and i uh I I, I I had that you know ability to enjoy that back then so yeah, yeah. i, I love uh, to your point i love i mean all of us have obviously been on tour and we've seen bands play songs over and over and over and i think it's so special that you can hold those certain songs in your head of just like oh god that song is so good and i got to see it like 40 times in a row oh so so fun yeah like that was that like when they would close it that like most of us would probably watch them every night regardless just in like awe but uh if there was a night where like one of us had to go do something like as soon as you heard that song start you would just run and be like i have to watch this like you just have to watch this every night so yeah fucking best band uh do i do mom number seven what do i do yeah yeah right yep you are okay my number seven, uh, <laughs> tragedy, vengeance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yep. did, did that, co- I thought it was, uh, 
Okay, because I had I had tragedy, but I had the nerve damage record. Was it? Oh shit! Is that what it is? I think so. I, I, let me let me double check the actual list. I just wrote. Yeah, that would make sense. Actually, hold on. Yeah, do do some. Uh, uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, oh, it's nerve, it is nerve damage. I think when I was I was retyping the list, I just assumed it was totally. You're like, yeah, it's vengeance. <laughs> I think that came yeah, out like no. 2004, maybe. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, nerve damage. Uh, I mean, yo, they're both fucking fantastic records. Uh, yeah, nerve damage, hard as hell. Uh, it's a tragedy record. It, it, there's only been one tragedy record that I haven't cared about. Did you guys like the? Did you guys listen to the newest DP? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. They don't, I mean, they don't, yeah, they don't do anything wrong. Like, even if it's just more of the, the same or if it's a little bit slower or whatever, you're just like, how are you still like, you're just still doing this man completely on your own. No one even knows when your records come out or when you play shows, you just exist. It's great. Yeah. The, the, I didn't care about the record before the CP very much. Like I bought it and I was excited to listen to it, but I think it was like them trying to do like an amoebics thing or something and it wasn't really for me but i was happy with this e- this new ep that it sounds like classic tragedy but um yeah i mean when that fucking new ep came out it just blew up the internet they were like uh tragedy's playing a show and there's a record on their merch table and then everybody was just like how do i get this how do i get this and like people are throwing hundreds of dollars at like the copy that was available at the merch table then it turned out that it was like the same copy that be available everywhere else like two weeks later yeah totally <laughs> but uh yeah yeah tragedy is is a uh, you can count on them to do something great every time and um that record is hard as hell yes it is uh fucking uh ray your number seven <laughs> my number seven uh you'll notice the theme here uh cult of luna somewhere along the highway oh another another okay. band playing eight minute long songs that are dark and brooding sign me me up but i remember i mean the record's awesome i still listen to the record i remember they did uh they released a bonus seven inch with uh unbroken cover the absentee debate and i was just like is this made for me like what the hell is this like i can't even believe this but yeah and i I got to see them a couple times dude i've never that cover but i need to listen to that it's so good i mean they just do it uh i mean they do it in the same fashion as unbroken they didn't slow it to like a 12 minute song or anything like that but uh yeah, Cult of Luna. I mean, they just obviously they're uh, the European version of ISIS and all the bands of that ilk, and they just they did it so well. I only got to see them. I think I saw them once at Chain with Breathe or Resist in like two thousand. God, I can't remember what year, but uh, they were just yeah, unbelievable wall of sound. So way to go, guys! I had to have been at that show, but I do not. Like, if you were to ask me, have you seen Cult of Luna? I'd be like, no. Yeah, you for but sure I, were at that I, show. All of us I, were at that I, show. I, yeah, <laughs> right. All forty of us were at that show. <laughs> I still. I wish I could talk about Breathe the Resist every day. I wish everyone liked Breathe the Resist. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't know what... Steve, that was the vocalist, right? That was his name? Steve, maybe? Yes, so, yeah. I don't know what he's doing. I wish... I hope he's okay. I just There's certain people that just drop off and you're like, I don't know where they are. I think I, re- I, think I looked him up recently and he... Yes, he's in a... He's in a new band um, with fuck other people from from louisville he's in a band he okay i've remembered he's in a new band with the three guys from ed gein whoa cool yeah all right and it you know sounds like what what ed gein? Or you don't think it's busted breather resist ed gein yep yeah true exactly 
Um, but yeah, it That's sounds so like what you imagine it would sound like. Um, I let me yeah, can you send me uh, that link. The game breather is this band. Let's see. We're getting the band some hype on this podcast. One second. Hell yeah. It's called, it's called Shadow Snakes. Shadow Snakes. All right. Cool. Way to go. Thanks for breaking that news. Probably. Yeah. Uh, they they recorded a record and they're very funny about it where they're like, yeah, it's taken us months and months. But that's what happens when like you're you don't plan on doing anything. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> it's taken a while. That's fine. yeah, I guess that I. Uh, the recording went up in like August 31st. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see. I, I just yeah. see the headline. Yeah. Ed Gein call it quits in 2018 and then for members form a new band called shadow snakes. Cool. Awesome. Yep. Thanks for breaking news. Yeah. From last year. Yeah, breaking news from August. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> uh, Joey's number seven now. Yeah. Uh, um, the first step, what we know. Oh, that's, that's, that so, that's so you. That record is, I mean, I've talked about it on this podcast before <laughs> on the, uh, the hardcore Buried, episode. Like, Buried Treasures, yeah, yeah. This record is incredible, and I still listen to it, and yeah, it's, I think, one of the best hardcore records of the 2000s, and yeah. It, it's, it shout is out to Greg Bacon. Absolutely. Shout out to Greg Bacon. Yeah, it's definitely, a, yeah, it's definitely a pivotal record as far as the uh, youth crew uh, is concerned. Yeah, I just I feel like there's no one who's really done it as well. As, I think mindset was probably the the closest thing to them, and I don't know who's going to take the reins. But yeah, I love this record. Sweet. What's your six there, Mister Cahill? Uh, my number six is Under Oath to Find the Great Lie. Yeah. That's a that's a very good record. I may have something to say about it a little bit later, but I won't right now. <laughs> Yeah, is that the record that came after the pop, the big popular record? Yeah. Yes. That's what I, it was, I, it's not, it's definitely like not on my list or anything like that, but I remember appreciating that everyone would have expected them to go poppy, but they went like heavier. Like there's like six minute songs like that, like, like, or like I can tell about like ISIS and it's like, who would have saw that come, you know, after the only takes safety safety. And this record went gold. It's not. Yeah, Damn. I'm not. I'm yeah, not. I'm, I'm not going to say anything about it. Maybe bearing the lead. Era, you know, <laughs> different era. I was also. I said there was a couple six minute ISIS esque songs that I'm sure your standard tooth and nail kid skips every time. Yeah, I, I know. I wonder because I, I mean, I haven't seen the band play in years and years and years. And I know they obviously probably still play a few songs off this. But uh, yeah, I wonder how this sits in like their catalog as far as like what they play live and stuff. And if, if, you know, they're, they're hardcore fans, quote unquote, like embrace this record or they're kind of like, Oh yeah, that's a little too heavy. I, I mean, they were like, I, I bet they would have the hits off this record. Yeah. And I would assume that this is like their Pinkerton. That's a good com- basis of comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I could agree with that. I mean, cause I can't, I, I, this is where I fell off after under oath. Like this record was the last record I yeah. enjoyed. And then I kind of just let them go off. But yeah, it seems to be like, it, it's like define the great or, or what's is their only chasing the safety. Only chasing safety would be like their fucking blue album. Cause it's like <laughs> chocolate hits and blah, blah, blah. But like, I think that like the real fan of the band would appreciate this stuff. And I mean, they did tours recently where they would play both of those records. So like, oh, I, you know, 
they get it. This, yeah, like this record still, I think, has does something for them. You know, but they also don't have a ton of records. Like who knows how many songs they, they really yeah, have true. I haven't seen them in a very long time. Yeah, now they play like rock fests in the Midwest and can sell out the Palladium or whatever. It's like, man, you keep doing you guys. Who are you going to toss to you there, Mr. Cahill? Or do you, wait, are you on number, you just did seven, yeah? That was my number six. Oh, okay. Toss away. Third for you, Ray. And along with my uh, dark brooding records, uh, a band called Agaloc, Ashes Against the Grain, this record is, oh, you need to pause, Jeremy? Get no, I'm giving you the horns. Oh, you give me the horns. Oh, sorry. I only see half of it. It's like it looks like that. I don't uh, even see Jared anymore. So yeah. <laughs> the yeah, Agalog is a band that uh, they. Gosh, I can't even remember where they're from. They're from the states, but uh, this record is they're like, what's that? They're not from Portland, or am I just confusing the labels nope. from? Nope, you're right, Joey. You're right. Yeah, Pacific Northwest, and this record is so goddamn good. Like I still listen to it. It's um, you know epic huge songs just you know goes into moments of um you know the the stuff that i've mentioned on this list already the dark brooding stuff and then it goes you know complete black metal and but it's just a beautiful beautiful record and uh yeah i'm so glad this made it on my list because i uh yeah i don't i i I put one of their other records i have one that came out like 2009 2010 or whatever um but yeah such a good band so that's my number six oh yeah I haven't followed this band outside of this record, but I did get into this record after you after your list from this year, from 2006. It was thanks. Yeah, no problem. That's what that's what we're here for. We learn from each other. What do you got for what do you what do you got for number six, Jeremy? Bell and Sebastian, The Life Pursuit. I I wasn't thirsty yet, so I hadn't listened to Bell and Sebastian. <laughs> Joey hadn't transitioned into adulthood yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Joey, I'll never, you, the last few records on my, you'll see that I was not an adult by the last few records on my list. Yeah, sure. Uh, this was, this, I'll, I'll say this with, with all my love to Bell and Sebastian, is there a top five favorite band for me, um, that this is the last record for them that I loved from start to finish. And everything after this is like, yeah, I could count on a couple of good songs, but I'm not in love with their full lengths anymore. Like, like, uh, this, so this is the last like record where from start to finish, I'm completely in. But if I was to rank my records of the ones that I feel the most love for, this is still probably towards the, towards the bottom. Um, it's awesome. It's, it's like the perfect record to follow Dear catastrophe waitress, but, um, Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm fine with it being number six. I'm content with that. feels good. <laughs> feels good. So, right where it should be. Feels right where it should be. Um, do I toss it or do I do number five? Uh, Joey, you didn't do number six yet, did you? I, my number six was under oath. Oh, there right. yeah. Sorry. Together. Yeah, there you go. Circle round number five, Jeremy. Uh, my number five, uh, Kevin Devine, Put Your Ghost to Rest. Um, great fucking record. <laughs> I stand so hard by that record i it's it's amazing i'm a huge huge kevin divine supporter have been forever anything he does i'll pick up and i'll buy a uh, great songwriter um i think we'll always be the underdog in most situations um but uh i hope i hope one day people i, I, I mean he's not not that he's hurting that he doesn't have fans plenty of people love him but like i feel like 
he's gonna he's consistently been uh the the bridesmaid shall we say in that phrase you know what i'm saying or like he'll take out a band and then next year he'll be opening for that band it's happened so many times with like manchester orchestra and uh the front bottoms and pine grove all those bands you know um but you know he's i think he's an important voice in uh in that realm of of punk indie rock all that sort of stuff singer songwriter stuff so love love his songs love uh love him yeah great and that record's fucking awesome um that's the major label record too so. i was gonna say this this is the one that didn't come out on favorite gentleman this is the one that came out on did it come out on capital yeah 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 wild uh which, which is like a whole crazy story uh with him getting on that and getting off that pretty quickly um that but, uh, yeah, it's cool that he had a shot at the major label, you know, like he, he could say he did it, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's fucking, I, I still stand by the record. It, it, this is one of those ones that like on vinyl, cause there's like an original press of it was like uh, such an expensive record. And then finally favorite gentleman, like got the rights and got to repress it a couple years ago. Um, but, uh, I'll say if anyone listening has never really listened to Kevin divine, um, and don't know where to start. Cause he's got so many records at this point. This is a great start. And that was kind of my thing is like, for some reason, I just never listened to him. Sure. It was you, for, it, was, it was probably in the last couple of years. Like what was, he did the two records at the same time. Yeah. And there was one like it was a rock record and one was more, more solo. I really I heard some of like the, the rock songs and I was like, this is really good. And kind yeah. of went back and listened to it. I kind of went crazy as usual and like bought a bunch of records yeah. and like whittled it down to like, these are the ones I like. But this is like, this record's great. It's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I stand, I stand by that if, uh, if, if you've never listened to the guy, this is this is a great, great, great intro. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just double checking that that was the yes, that is the major label record. Cool. Uh, I'll talk to Joey. Uh, my number five, kind of in the same vein, is Owen at home with Owen. Uh, on my honorable mention, EP right? Breaking oh, rules yeah. here. Oh no, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and funny enough, I now have a child named Owen who is not named after the band Owen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always liked Owen. I mean, I think those first few records up to, I think up to I Do Perceive was kind of was his best record. And this was the one I think before it. Um, and I really enjoy this record. It's really good. Um, you know, I feel like, yeah. Owen, I don't know how much Owen stuff is happening these days with American football back in action, but um, yeah, this record the, the Velvet Underground cover on that EP is fucking awesome. Everything about that record is is really really good. Yeah. Um, is it an EP? It's not an EP, right? No, 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 no. That's a full length. The EP yeah. came out before that, right? The, exactly. Yeah, the, At Home with was the first was was the first record, the first Owen record that I cared about. Like the other stuff, I was like, it's fine. But that was the one that, like, I think collectively, every all of our friends were like, "Oh shit!" Is the EP you talking about the blue one that has, I think, skin and bones on it? Yep, skin and bones. That song is holy. That EP was like the I think because if that came up before this, that was the EP that the first thing was like, "Oh, this is special." Yep. And yeah. That's exactly yeah yeah that that's what totally got me hooked into it. Where it was like it felt like 
the other stuff that he did pre- previously was kind of like, yeah, it's just a little, you know, throwing it out there. And then that, that EP was like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I will never forget. I don't know what record he was touring off, but I'm sure one or both of you were there. Chain, Chain Reaction Me Without You. God, and it yeah. was the most, in, people were so fucking loud and it was the most embarrassed, like secondhand embarrassment for like being in that crowd and around those people. Like we just like stopped playing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember someone, so, some, yeah. Someone in the crowd yelled, he's sad. Yep. And people, and people are like, shut he, up. It's like, oh my God, get out of here. Yeah. Somebody yelled, he's sad. And he like stopped and was like, you know, I'm actually not sad. I was having a really great day. And then said, if you don't want me to play, like I don't have to. And then no one responded. And he was like, cool. cool. And walked off. Yep. I remember that. I was just like, fuck everybody in this room. Totally. Fuck everybody in this room. And I remember then me without you came out and like, lectured the audience about it totally i was so i was so glad that they did that because it felt like such a retribution for it's like listen if you're only coming to this show because you know who me without you is because you're you know some sheltered christian kid or whatever because that obviously was the era in which that was most of their fan base uh yeah i loved it how they chastised them it was so good it was just such a bummer because at that time i don't think Hugh owen was really touring all that much at all I think it was the first time I'd ever seen him. And I was so like, I liked me without you. And I was excited for me without you, but I'd seen me without you. And I was so excited for this. And it was like, you couldn't hear anything. And then he stopped playing. Early. I don't blame him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. That was frustrating. I'm glad. Yeah. We were all collectively were at that show and all collectively, collectively uh, still hold resentment towards uh, whoever the fuck all those asshole kids were. Yeah. We'll never, we'll never not remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That being said, that new uh, American football song is very good. Oh, pre that record so fast. I still haven't listened to it. I need to. It's very good. Um, right. My, yeah, my number five, uh, the complete opposite of that, is uh, Fucked Up, Crusades. I remember this record coming out. And, I mean, you know, we all like Fucked Up on the podcast here. But I just remember continually listening to that record over and over and i was just like i can't i can't stop it's it's like the first time where i really felt that they were quote-unquote catchy you know but it's just so good what record is crusade why can't i is crusade the full length yeah i think so am i messing this up oh it, it doesn't sound hit, hidden world crusade is a song on you're it. absolutely correct hidden world yeah I was, well, yeah i was like that doesn't sound familiar to me at all no yeah no, crusades guys the first song on hidden world that's what i meant to say <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I, I've never followed fucked up. Oh, for some reason I thought that you were a nerd about them. Like Joey and I were, <laughs> I've ne- I've actually never owned a record oh. and it's not for, it's not for literally any reason other than just like the, the output that they were doing with seven inches. Actually, I can tell you exactly why with how many seven inches were coming out. I was like, I can't afford this band. Like, yeah. So I'm doing that uh, record a day thing on Instagram. Oh, yeah. And I was like, just like, I know it's like, it'll probably be like a year away, but like, how many fucked up records do I have? I have 23 fucked up 12 inches or L- LPs. It's insane. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. And then, I mean, I probably have 47 inches. Like, I have so many fucked up records. Have I listened to all of them? God, no. 
No. Like, and they're a band that I've, I have seen live so many times because we've ended up on so many of the same festivals. And then when we're on the same festivals, we're always on the same stage because like the festival's like, well, punk, we'll throw them in this corner. Um, <laughs> and, and I fucking love watching them live. They're so good. And like, I'll hear songs and I'm like, this rips, but I could not tell you where to find this song. Cause they've had so many releases. I mean, they pretty much live. Really, I mean, occasionally they'll play a song of like one of their earlier seven inches. Yeah. But if you were to just stick to the full lengths, you'd be fine. Okay. Like, like in world, David comes to life. Yeah. You don't, uh, yeah. You don't need to like, I mean the, the in-depthness. Yeah. They don't, you don't need to follow like, that closely. The full lengths. Like, I mean, that's where they put like their energy. Like there's, there's so many seven inches that you know, a lot of them are just like a cover song or you know, like, you don't need to do all the year of the year of the whatever. Sure. Yeah. Those are more just collectors. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't speak highly enough about the full length. Like they're, that band is so goddamn good. Maybe this new, the new record, Dosha dreams, which is super weird is very, very good. Uh, yeah. In a world where everyone is confined to their homes, society begins its largest bin watch to date. In the hallowed library of Hulu, or perhaps on a shelf of DVDs you haven't looked at in a decade, is a show that perfectly encapsulates life in the early aughts and launched a friendship that would inspire millions. Hi, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. In 2001, we starred in Scrubs, a sitcom that revealed a glimpse of what it was like to survive a medical internship. As Turk and JD, we explored guy love. Nearly 20 years later, a lot has changed. We're not supermen, but we're still best friends. Eh. Given the mandatory lockdown, there's no better time to relive the series that brought us together in the first place. And we're doing it with a podcast. That's right, people. We're going to bring friends and crew members and fellow cast members and writers. And and guess what? We're going to even invite some of you to call into the podcast and ask all the questions you want of the entire Sacred Heart staff. Join us for Fake Doctors, Real Friends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I, I, one day that's they're in my like. One day I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention, but but I just you know yeah I don't know I'll, I'll get there. But I respect the fucking hell out of the band. I, I just I mean they're a band, band that I just never fully win. and they're a band called Fucked Up that got on TV. Yeah. yeah. Effed up. Effed up, <laughs> yeah. bro. I mean, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who's next? Uh, let's go Jeremy. Number, number five. Uh, wait, then. We've all been number five, haven't we? Have we? Oh, so then it's circling back to me. I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my number four record is, uh, you'll notice the theme here. ISIS in the absence of truth. I, I like when I was looking at my list, I was just like, could I put a more of the same ba- like ilk of bands on this? Like I really didn't diversify this at all. Um, but yeah, th- this is re- in reflecting on the ISIS output. This is definitely my uh, least favorite record of theirs. Um, and I think I even mentioned that I was like, it hurts me to put ISIS at number four. It's like, Oh, does it really hurt me? But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, they, I, I, when we, when I saw them at the, the will turn recently, they played, I think they played one song off this, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely not the place to start for ISIS, but the record's still really good. And I will always like this, everything they put out. I probably listened to this record. the 
Yeah. Um, is this the one with like the? What's the cover look like on this one? Yeah, uh, this is the one. It looks like it's got like a. It's like gold and red, black. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I this is a. We've talked about this over the years. Yeah, they're a band that I again I respect. I owned a couple records, and then I was like, "Do I like? Do I like these that much? I don't think I'm really listening to that much." Because like when I found all that, when I found this genre, it was like, or like when I got really into the genre, it was like the bands you need to listen to are Converge, Botch, Dillinger Escape Plan, Coalesce, and ISIS. Yeah, and of those, that was when Celestial was out. And I remember I listened to Celestia and I was like, this is cool, but boy, do I like Coalesce more than this. Boy, do I like Coalesce more than this. Boy, do I, you know. Yeah. And uh, then I just never really came back around to, like, getting into ISIS, you know, which yeah. is probably, you know, whack of me. But uh, it's hard. You have yeah. you have a limited attention span from that perspective. And you either, like, immediately glom onto something or you're just like, well, I can't I can't really I can't cope. Yeah. yeah. I was there to mosh, you know, I was I there to mosh. Understand. <laughs> Well, speaking of moshing, Jeremy, what's your uh, your number four record? Yo, yo, so my top four, I still stand so hard behind. Like, I mean, my whole list, I still stand so hard behind. But uh, but this is where shit gets like bang. Current. Yeah, uh, the Bronx self titled two. It's a good ass record. It's a fucking good ass rock record. Like when that thing still comes on on shuffle for me, I'm I'm like, god damn it. Like, yeah, it's super well. I love the first record. And then this record came out and some people were like on the fence about it. But I loved it right out the gate. And uh, I, I always feel like they should have like been able to somehow become like the new ACDC or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the great live band, fucking everything. I, I've never really gotten into them, like not for because I don't like them, but like I just. I don't know. I've never really. Sure. I, I don't know. I listened to the first record. Yeah. Listen to that record. And I don't think I've listened to anything since. Wow. Yeah. Well, the third record had a couple songs that were okay. Like th- this one and two are where it's truly, truly at. Um, like those are the two records I'll, I'll revisit, but, um, yeah, man. I'll, I'll I'll send you like three songs off this record and be like, if you don't like these, then you just don't like music, straight up. Yeah, that's that's how hard I stand by that. Yeah, it's uh, they're and they're yeah. su- and they're super like super catchy. Like they've just always been. They just know what they're doing. That's for sure. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, the history strangler song is my favorite drum beat of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we did a we played a uh, Euro festival with them this last summer, and there, when uh, when I was working on that Gouge Away record with them, we were going over a song, and I was like, I was like, yo, try this drum beat, and uh, and we we Tommy figured out how to play because it's like kind of a confusing beat to play, and uh, Tommy and I were riding really hard to try to use it on the record, but it ended up not fitting. And then when we played that festival, I just recorded a video of uh of homeboy playing it because jorma's not in the band in, anymore or at least he wasn't on that tour and they had a um dude from uh from a uh, blast who was in like queens of the stone age for a while uh i forget his name but he's like legendary drummer guy um but yeah fucking that record still rips so hard 
Uh, Ray, what's your what's your number four? I did number four. Toss it to Joey. Oh, Joey. Oh, what? Oh. I stand by this. Uh oh. My Chemical Romance: The Black Parade. I mean, so many people would. Yeah, that's you know? that's a record that people like. I, I never liked the band, but like that's a pe- that's a record people like, stand very hard behind. I like this record's incredible. Like I don't, I I can't. I'm not. Yeah. I don't know when I listened to it the last time, but it's kind of it's kind of timeless from that perspective. I mean, like the 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 fact that this record like blew up a genre, blew up like so many different things that and gave the idea that bands could be like thematic, you know, like it just it was yeah. so far above that. Like the tour around this record, like the live show was was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was just, I mean, I know a bunch of bands from like our world kind of like blew up around this time, but like, I feel like they just got fucking massive. Mm-hmm. And stayed so, massive after that record. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it was, it was nuts how, how big this record was. Um, but it kind of makes me want, I haven't, like, I haven't listened to it in a very long time, <laughs> but it kind of makes me want to go back and listen to it. Because like I'm kind of like playing it back in my head right now from what I remember, and I'm having a good time. Their video, hey, their, their videos are bangers. Yeah, That's, uh, I know. I know it's Pat, Pat from uh, Turnstile and Angel Dust. His two all-time favorite bands are Incubus and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Respect, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's uh, you do number three. Yep, number three. My number three, AFI December Underground. <laughs> appropriate this is I feel like along with I, your ISIS record and Jeremy your Bell and Sebastian record uh, I love AFI they're one of my favorite bands but this record is not this is probably my I don't know if it's my least favorite but it's definitely towards the bottom of the list it's still great but uh, do yeah you like, this, do you like Crash a lot more than December Underground oh my god a thousand times, yes. Crash Love is unbelievable. Wow, but that—that's not—that's not a common AFI that's fan. Not a common, yeah, right. Criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah, I could talk about that record for days. Everything about it, the aesthetic. Oh, yeah, so I'm good. Sure they'd, I'm sure they'd appreciate that. Well, on uh, on the tour with the Touche tour with them, I, one night I like was talking to Dave and was like. I know you guys don't really take requests and he's like, we're not going to play what you want to hear. And I was like, I just want to, what about Veronica Sawyer smokes, which is a song off crash love. And he was like, huh? Okay. And then they played it in DC and it was fucking awesome. That record's great. Anyway, this is underground. (laughs) I feel like was probably, they had their biggest hits off this record. Um, like miss murder was massive. And, you know, mm-hmm. the script part is not good. But Nick Steinart just sent me a U, like a, a UK version or like a Euro version, or maybe not. I think it's like the UK single that takes out the screaming part and has a totally different part at the end, and it's so much better. Really? Oh, like, I guess K Rock recently started playing it, and he heard it and was like, "What is this?" But yeah, this is this is the record I, li- I listen to the least of AFI records. Um, 
but it's still AFI and they're my favorite band. So yep. yeah. And it, it does say Jeremy can fuck off. Yep. So it must be sounds, <laughs> sounds about right. This track. Um, yeah. I love this record. Um, so Jeremy, I'll send it to you. Uh, you say it to me? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, my number three is POS audition. Oh, I forgot that record came out. Yeah. Uh, I just thought Joey smile. I know where this is going with him. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I know Joey and I both got into POS, like I think right around the same time and we're both fucking so down. Uh, Oh, POS records. It's, it's not my favorite in the long term now, but it's still high up there. Like, you know, what he was rapping about on top of the fact that he like sampled like songs there through Stra, um, I was in, uh, it's just, it's, it's a hardcore kid doing rap and it's not corny. Yeah. You have more to say later. Yeah. Ever get an M at all, Ray, or no? Oh yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I definitely this record, as far as like a whole conceptual record, uh, it, yeah. it, it, it locked into me. I mean, I, I think I think he was on Warp Tour that year. I just remember seeing him. Yeah, at, yeah, <clears throat> I remember seeing him there and meeting him there and just being like, "Man, you're cool." And he's like, "Thanks, sure. <laughs> you're a punk and hardcore kid." But yeah, I, I love the record. I just forgot that that came out. I saw him last year, I think, at the Roxy, and. Uh, Tim and Zach from Rides Against were randomly there, and I was like, "Oh, they're like, yeah, we love this dude." And I was, I was like, "How did you get?" I was like, "How do you guys know each other?" Because like afterwards, the four of us ended up talking, and he was like, uh, "He was like, we were on Warped Tour the same year as him, and we walked by, you know, like the little tent where there was like the hip hop tent, which I'm sure was getting next to No Love on Warped Tour, and uh, he walked by, and POS was sampling a Baxter song." which was Tim's band Tim's before band. rise against. That's right. And Tim was like, what the fuck? And he was like, yeah, man, I fuck with that seven inch. And he was like, Oh my God. And like, that's how they became friends. But, uh, which is just sick. Um, yeah. I mean, like I, I loved where he, you know, where he pulled from, I think on that record, he samples under roof too. He does. Uh, yeah. I remember that. And, and kill Sadie. Yep. And has the dude from bouncing soul singer or like, I don't know if he sings on the song or if he sings yeah. on Right. And then exactly. I think on, is it Never Better with Dude from Kid Dynamite? Or is that, yeah, that's on, yeah, that's on Never Better. And mm-hmm. uh, Craig Finn um, from Hold Steady also. Uh, it's, it's on, sense. yeah, it's, it's sick. Like, uh, so yeah, POS. One of them, I'll save everything I'm going to say. Yeah, okay. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ray, right? Yes, my number three record. This actually is a record that we joked about, you and I, Joey, on our year-end extravaganza a couple weeks ago. The Coma record, The Second Wave, which is a band that literally no one talks about, but actually someone hit, I don't know, someone hit us up on Twitter. Did you see that, Joey? Or did you? Yeah, I I can't remember if they included Okay. Someone, uh, yeah, someone hit, hit, uh, I can't remember if they hit both of us up or just me, but they were like, oh yeah, Coma, like, you know, they still occasionally play shows and just gave me more info. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Coma still exists. And Coma is K-H-O-M-A for those that are trying to desperately look for it on the YouTubes because there's no way you can, well, no, you can find it on Spotify and Apple Music, I think. But, uh, this came out on Roadrunner and then Europe did not get released over here in the States, but it was basically like 
to the dudes from Cult of Luna, which, as you can notice, the theme going on here. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, but basically, this is like if uh, Isis and Cult of Luna was fronted by the singer of Muse. It's just beautiful and soaring vocals, and yeah, it's so so good. And I just love the record. Wanted to sign him to Century Media, and people were like, "You're stupid. That's crazy." And I, yeah, they were right, but still. <laughs> Right, this is unrelated to coma, but I was think- I thought about it while talking about coma the last time, and now I'm still thinking about it. There was a band that I don't even know how to. They were like a Euro rock band that I think it was like they tr- they like circled like the Bionics, like the promos, and we just had imports of it. Fuck! Oh my god! It was like kind of the same thing. It was like like operatic vocals, like not as like stonery mm-hmm. damn dude almost like muse oh my god this is gonna drive me nuts they had a full length in an ep i'm never gonna figure this okay, out okay i can't <clears throat> yeah i can't i i'm sorry i can't help queen <laughs> yeah that's uh you you guys have all shared your number three so now i'm shifting to my number two uh yep. <clears throat> the mogwai record mr beast I fell in love with Mogwai when I worked at Bionic Joey when that, I think it was the, um, it wasn't the come die young record, but it was the, uh, gosh, what's the other one that came after that? Not happy songs for happy people. Oh man, this is sad. That's what, that's what happens to get old. You just forget. Anyway, but anyways, whatever early two thousands, uh, Mogwai just came in my life and like never, ever, ever left. And, uh, this record, Mr. Beast, was it was the first time they started to incorporate like clear vocals they would have they had have vocals occasionally but they were like always shrouded with you know a bunch of effects and stuff like that but um this was kind of the first time they started to experiment with that and yeah i just loved it i th- i think it was like maybe a year or two prior where isis and mogwai toured together and i was just like so i i, I want to follow the entire tour for the whole country i think i saw four shows on the west coast it was ridiculous but anyways yeah mogwai dark and brooding music that has instrumental passages it's kind of weird i would put it on my list right kind of weird yeah kind of weird joey what do you got for your number two my number two lupe fiasco Lupe fiasco food and liquor okay i had that listed as a hip-hop record i liked for sure still an incredible record yeah i think i stand by my right up however attention kanye west this is how you make a good record who didn't like better than anything you'll ever do? I bet you're bummed you had him on Touch the Sky. I don't think I agree with that anymore <laughs> because I don't know. I was like, I just had to look like what made me so mad. Like the record that came, like called Dropout was 2004, and then Late Registration was 2005. Like, why are you so angry? I think both those records are probably better than this record. In the long term, yeah. Uh, yeah like, I just, Kanye yeah. West hasn't released straight trash yet. Um, That's really funny that you, yeah, that you were, you were going in so hard on that. Yeah. You're angsty. I mean, so okay. I sat next to him on an airplane one time. What? I didn't talk. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I introduced myself, or I said I was a fan, like, after we landed. I didn't want to that guy yeah yeah totally uh, he was, was he nice? nice yeah he was super cool. nice uh, yeah this record's awesome and i i don't really felt like i mean i guess i followed his career the next few records 
but none of them even came close to this one. Yeah, so, I agree. I remember I bought I bought the record after this, and I was like, mm, no, not 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 doing it as much. But yeah, it's a great record. Yeah, um, Jeremy, number two. Uh, see, my number two and my number one, I think are. I, they could go back and forth uh, it, because I had to choose my top number one hardcore and top number one indie, you know? So it's like, well, which one's going to be number one? Which one's going to be number two? So I'm just stating that my one and two are interchangeable. Uh, but I'll say my number, uh, my number two is uh, me without you, brother, sister. Okay, uh, so, yeah. so close. So close. So close. Um, yeah, uh, this is, this and Cash Press the Foxes are the reason that we went and recorded our last two records with Mr. Brad Wood. Um, he did these records. Uh, it has Jeremy Enoch on it, not once, but twice. Um, it's, I think, I think when I, when I take a step back and I like think about all their albums, this is probably actually my favorite. I used to always say it was Cash Press the Foxes, but I think it's actually Brother Sister. When did Catch Press the Foxes come out? 2002 or three. Two? Yeah. Two or three. Is there a record between that one and this one? Nope. It went A to B Live, Catch Press the Boxes, Brother Sister. Yep. And then it's all crazy. Apparently in 2006, I was disappointed by Catch Press the Boxes. That's yeah. very, very wow. weird. I, some hot takes in 2006. That's true. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, this one's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's. I can talk all day about me without you. I think they're a perfect band. I think they've continued to be a perfect band, whether they like put out completely perfect records or not. I think that live they are the most interesting band to come out of our scene since like Discord days. Um, no one sounds like them. That doesn't sound like they're trying to sound like them. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, they're they're a perfect band and i love them with all my heart uh musically and every other way so yeah i stand by that hard brother sister is a fantastic record again i'll say if you've never listened to me without you uh maybe you were intimidated by how many records they put out uh this is a fantastic place to start there you go it is a very good place to start i didn't have it anywhere on my list but like there's there's really no reason for that maybe just retroactively like being like oh yeah i should have included that <laughs> for sure um so do i toss it to somebody now no you're your number one record dude reveal it oh my really wow because okay. I, I i listed my number two joey guys number two okay uh this probably comes as no surprise uh converge no heroes <sighs> yes <laughs> no, uh, for 18 on my list wow wow and it uh, did, i didn't even make my list that's fucked up are you out of your how great i don't see, see the thing the thing that i think that i you know well i think most of us go through this where it's like you you know if you've been a fan of a band for so long that there comes times where you're just like okay like i like i listen i can listen to the no heroes record and be like god there's there's so many great songs it's a really good record but then i'm like oh i gotta put new bands in there or whatever but then at the same time i also have like deftones but yeah anyways i made an error converge no heroes should have absolutely been on my list in some capacity yeah oh, especially no no i'm sorry no actually i'm allowed i'm gonna say this about even it's okay back, yeah. you you put norma jean on your record and not converge i'm offended it's true. i'm offended it's true <laughs> um it is 
I just have a question about this record, yeah. real quick. Is I haven't listened in a while. Is there a song that sounds like Fugazi? There's like a I know it's I think I know what song you're talking about towards the end. Like yeah 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 like the I talk about it. I said there's a Fug- uh, I really like the Fugazi esque song, but I have. It's yeah. I, that would be cool. I, I know what you're talking about. That's towards the end. Yeah, uh, it was the first. It, it was the song where, like, you know, Jake was doing his first uh, thing that wasn't shrieking like he normally did. So people were like, "What the heck?" Yeah, it was like talk. It was like talky, yelly stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's funny. This, it, like, knowing more about the record now, like in long term, I know that uh, this, and you can hear it when you listen to it. Where. Um, I think Kurt was exhausted of like having to deal with mixing for his own band where, uh, he just agreed to everybody who was like, uh, make me louder, make me louder. So the record sounds so blown out, which I think only adds to like how pissed it is. I think like if you were to ask me what I think the most like vicious, angry, over the top, angry converge record would be, I would stand by no heroes. Like it just sounds just like a steamroller. It's, it's so huge. it's huge. Yeah. So like blown out and just distorted and pissed. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Converge is the best hardcore band of all time. There you go. Uh, so Joey, what's your number one? I wonder. Uh, POS audition. Yeah. Um, I mean, first line of this record is first of all fuck bush and the second i heard that i was just like i'm all in yeah Yeah. right take just take my um and i mean like you know he's just it's a punk dude that i mean he was in a hardcore band sure they weren't great but um i did definitely buy all the building better bombs records as one Uh, does once they get into pos be like wait a minute of course i'll support everything you do yeah exactly came out on in it which is like oh and it's screamo cred okay yeah <laughs> totally um i mean i think i mean honestly i think he peaked i think never better is his best record and the records since then have, have i haven't loved as much so i mean i if i'm like this record i think is still his second best record like i love this record so much um there was a, he played the glass house pretty early on and there was maybe a couple hundred the people there, like, and he just ended up getting like a. Uh, he stood on a on a road case, just in the middle of the crowd, and just stood there the whole time, and it was so fucking cool. Like, you know, normally like you need to be entertained and have the person move around, and like you know, just the idea of someone like just standing there, like I don't know, maybe not that appealing, but it was just like the crowd was so into it. It was awesome. It like, yeah, it blew my mind. And then he came back with minus the bear. And honestly, I didn't blew minus the bear off the stage. Like it wasn't weird. Yeah. That tour with my bear. Like, you, it, you know, it was like, what show did you go to? Were you at the L Ray? Cause that's the show I went to. Of, I went to of the minus the bear tour. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because at the L. Ray, I remember being like, wow, I wonder how this is going to go over. You know, obviously, it's a bunch of, like, nerdy white kids for Minus the Bear and who probably haven't seen a hip-hop person perform, you know? And when he came out, he was, all he did was make fun of himself, like, to the crowd, being like, yo, I'm sure this is, like, new for a lot of you. (laughs) And by the end of that set, the entire fucking place was, like, 
was like doing the, you know, the fucking hand wave to every song. Like he, I've never seen, I still stand by like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone win a crowd over more than watching him open for minus the bear. Dude, he did that. He did that at Warp Tour as well. I mean, like when I saw him at Warp Tour, it was like you know whatever. I mean, there's forty or fifty people there, but it's like, at, you know, when I first started watching him, there was ten, and then all of a sudden, some more people started to come over, and like yeah. he did the same thing of what you were talking about playing on a road case. Like that's the thing he did. He was just kind of mixing it up with everybody, giving people high fives, and it's like, dude, it's great. I mean, he's so fucking charming and funny on stage too that you're just like you you can't not just fall in love with the guy. So yeah, yep. I, I'll never forget when after the Touche AFI show in Austin, you and me, or you and I were running over to, uh, I think he was playing at Mohawk. And he had two drummers. It was awesome. Oh my God. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Same night. As, as, as soon as, like, I think, because I think he wasn't playing until like midnight. So we loaded out and then, like, booked it over there. And we made it in time for the whole show. God, I have no recollection of this. Yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were operating off of fumes at that point. He had, a, he had a DJ and two drummers, and then he did that for a while, and then just had beats on his phone and plugged his phone in and just like was taking requests and playing stuff on his phone. I don't think it was like – it was almost like a one-off or something. It wasn't like a tour. I don't. It was – I mean, it must have been a tour if you had two drum sets, but it was like – it wasn't like yeah. a prop uh, Huh, Interesting. Yeah. But it was a, yeah. he, played a, he played a Mohawk? Oh, no, no Red we, Seven. You we were at Mohawk. We we were at, Mohawk. Yeah, that's He was at Red Seven. Oh, okay. Outside. Okay. 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 This, yeah, that's coming back to me now. Fucking uh, uh, Ray? My number one record is the Under Oath record, Define the Great Line. <laughs> I, and that, and that, I mean, it's a record I still stand by. I do remember being so blown away that they went, like Joey was saying earlier, they went as heavy as they did. Um, because, you know, even though the record sold a ton, they definitely had every opportunity to be like, hey, we're going to be bigger than, you know, 30 seconds to Mars or whatever. But they were just like, nah, we really like, you know, I mean, ISIS and all of those bands. So, like, we want to be heavy yet still catchy. And um, yeah, I still, I granted, I probably haven't listened to that record in like maybe five plus years, but every time I randomly hear a song somewhere, you know, you know, when I go to emo night or whatever, no, just kidding. <laughs> jokes, but, uh, yeah, that was such a daring thing for a band like them to do and, uh, totally bum out most people that were like, no, I want poppier stuff and not heavier stuff. What are you guys doing? Yeah. I, I, I though I've never really been, necessarily like a fan fan of that band i uh I, I always i always gave them a lot of respect for going heavier as opposed to poppier at that point well, at that point at least and it's like you listen to i mean their first two e- or one of their eps is you know i don't even know what one of them really sounds like but then like their second ep is like five songs but it's like 30 minutes long and then um i can't think of the first full length the, like all the rest, the, the, something with bright lights. What is it? Oh gosh, yeah, it's, they got the city on the cover. Yeah, it's like all oh. their like their stuff was so heavy in the beginning, and not. I mean, they're only chasing safety has those moments, so it's like they always. I, I just always seem like they would rather just be a heavy band than this poppy like dude. They they. The changing of times. That's what it's the changing of times. Yeah, dude. The the amount of times that they asked like isis to go on tour with them 
like <laughs> uh, no i'm not even kidding like in, in becoming a little bit friendly with the drummer aaron um you know i asked him it's like how many times did under oath ask you guys to go on tour and he was like a lot <laughs> like a lot and i'm just like that's so funny that they were like we need to tour with bands that like will because you know it, when, it, when a band gets to a certain uh when a band gets to a certain level of popularity and then they've lost the the idea of being like oh we'll never be a cool band you know it's like that's already that ship has already sailed but then they're like but we write like legitimate music like we're not just you know <laughs> a poppy band or whatever they're like trust us follow us along and people are like nah it's cool but yeah it's yep. it's hard when a band does, when a band gets to that point you know and then they're like well tr- like we have put out a legitimate record people are like nah it's under oath it's like well no so but yeah i remember i i think i put that as number one just because i listened to it so much i think i was really leaning on my you know last fm playlists or whatever being like what did i listen to the most then but makes sense but yeah well that was uh that was 2006 that really took me back to places that i haven't thought about and you know whatever 12 years 12 years ago that's i mean i know i said a bunch of times i haven't listened to this record in a long time but i feel like comparing this to the 2007 when we did i feel like i listened to these records more than the ones in my 2007 list. uh joey how many how many honorable or how, do you guys do you guys both have honorable mentions yeah no i just did i just did 25 that's that's what i turned my top 20 list into the last yeah. 10 being honorable mentions do you guys just want to? Do you guys want to just ramble off your your uh, without talking about them? Just ramble off your your honorable mentions. Sure, go for oh. it, dude. Uh, do you want me to go first? Do it. You want to just bang them all out? Yeah, bang. Yeah. So my my hardcore punk honorable mentions: Planes Mistaken for Stars, Mercy, uh, Ceremony, Violence, Violence, uh, The Draft, and A Million Pieces. I haven't listened to that record since Ooh, then. Yeah. Uh, Hope Conspiracy Death Knows Your Name, which I'm surprised didn't even make my list because that's a fucking record. That is a record. Um, the Falcon uh, Unicorn- Unicornography. Uh, here's a band that none of us have thought about in a long time. Genghis Tron. <laughs> wow. Been, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised this didn't make my list now in the long term. Um, but again, so many great records. Fucking The Lawrence Arms, O Calcutta. Um cardinal sin hurry up and wait which was the member of the members of cadillac blindside oh yeah we tried to um, sign them right joey yes hell yeah we did. fucking good uh oh and actually dude i have under oath to find the great line on here there you go there you go uh unanimous decision <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then for uh the indie stuff oh man men women and children remember that van Wow! Wow! Glass, yeah. Glassjaw, right? Glassjaw affiliation. Yeah, it was uh, Todd, Todd from Glassjaw, and uh, it was you know Daryl had done Head Automatica, so he did that, and I think it was like just you know no one listened to it because it had to come out on a major label, probably due to contracts, but like just super catchy dance stuff. Uh, Jeremy Enoch World Waits. That's a fucking great full length, uh, great solo full length. Uh, Hanale Parts and Accessories, which was Brian Moss from The Ghost. Ghost, yeah, dude. The Ghost. How about a band that we all celebrate? Zero yep. people talk about. Yep. Uh, Blackpool Lights, This Town's Disaster. Remember uh, fucking home, uh, other guy from Get Up Kids? Not Matt, his yep. other band. Um, yeah. in the Wall, Bottom of Barrels. Uh, Camera Obscura, Let's Get Out of This Country. And Heaven's Patent Pending. And... Uh, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's awkward to talk about, but of course, brand new Devil and God. It's on there. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. 
Joey, uh, run, run through yours, Joey. Uh, Me Without You, Brother, Sister, The Thermals, The Body, The Blood, The Machine, great fucking record. The Clips, Hell Hath No Fury, great fucking record. Probably could have been top 10. Sinking Ships, Disconnecting, Cancer Bats, Birthing the Giant. Great record. Uh, is that the one that Abacus? That's the one that we put out, yeah. Three records from Abacus on here. I must have not worked anymore and didn't care. <laughs> yep. Rocky Lotto Makers, Guns Up, Outlive, Converge, No Heroes, Ignite Our Darkest Days. Great record. Such a good record. Was that an Abacus record? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Karim Bailey Ray. Anyone remembers Karim Bailey Ray? No. Don't know that one. That was a time and a place. That was a that was a that's a female fronted artist for you. That, that was the inception of Joey's. I'm just kidding. Uh, right behind it, Jenny Lewis and the Watson twins. There you go. Yep. Top ten. Uh, the distance, the rise, the fall, and everything in between. <laughs> showing some showing some Homer love there, Joey. I, I still back it. Okay. Uh, plus forty four. Oh. Your heart stops. I talk a lot of shit on Angels and Airwaves in here. Yeah, me too. Uh, retaliate, coup d'état. Makes sense and, for you. And outbreak failure. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Failures was, I forgot to list that one. That was on there too. That's a good I stand, uh, I stand by a lot of these records. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, what about you? I got, uh, yeah, Rise and Fall into Oblivion. I was obsessed with that record. Uh, a great record. So good. Got, they played Sound and Fury 2011, I want to say. God, or 2010. No. They I, played like 2009 or eight. Not with one of ours. No, not one of ours, but gosh, they were so good. Uh, Envy, Insomniac Doze, Tragedy, Nerve Damage, Deftones, Saturday Night Wrist, which is still the catchiest Def- Deftones record. Uh, Russians- ah, great record. Disagree with that statement. Go ahead. Uh, well, which, uh, as far as... Well, let's, catchy? Let's, it's a pretty catchy record. It's, it's catchy, but White Pony? Are you out of your mind? No, no. Well, dude, White Pony is like the far superior record, but like I felt oh. like they leaned more into their pop sensibilities on that Saturday Night Wrist record. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. They're both good okay. records. White Pony's better, though. I agree. Uh, Russian yeah. Circles, Enter. was obsessed with that. Uh, editors, The Backroom. Heavens, Patent Pending. I saw them play at the El Rey. Same. Was that that show? Yeah, me and Kelly Orr. Um, definitely a few shows that they ever played exactly they played like four yeah i just i just finally got that on vinyl like last year uh, i found it finally at a store and i paid a lot of money for it but that was one of those like holy grails same i found it last year i don't know did you yeah i don't know if i have i think i have i think i have it i'll have to look now i'm questioning myself it's like the promo only only has like a sticker on a white on a white jacket in their hand no i don't think i did never been reissued that's true yeah. that's dumb it should have been reissued especially like i know epidaph didn't do the vinyl but the, the record came i don't know yeah and isn't the record like the label that it came out on wasn't it like one of their heart skull attempts? records or what yeah or something like one of their attempts at their own label or something yeah they should totally have done that uh ceremony violence violence uh dagger mouth stallone that was the one where i was kind of like mm, it's, it's a cute record but i don't it doesn't stand the test of time uh and then yeah it's, speaking of not standing the test of time brand new devil and god are raging inside me it's a great record but clearly the legacy does not live on no or uh, the legacy lives on in a bad light in a different way and yeah. sort of a different way. sort of a different light yeah a little different light. um but uh yeah i mean yeah i still this dude 2006 might i i probably wouldn't have thought about it as one of the best years in the last you know 20 of music but it is a fucking 
great year for the music that I think it still influences what everybody's doing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really it is telling when you look back on it and you're just like, there's nothing that you're like, you see why you put it on there. You're not like embarrassed about anything. And you're just like, Oh no, I could, I could pick up that record right now and be like, yeah, still good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, we did it. We, we did it gentlemen. You guys rule as you, as you always do. And, uh, this has been so much fun. What a fun look back in time. Little time capsule. I really, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that because, um, it, it really does force you to be, look at, look at yourself when you were, you know, whatever, 13 years younger and be like, is my musical taste changed? I don't know. Has it? But, uh, next week we have a great, great discussion with Rob Pennington from by the grace of God in point black cross. He's in so many bands and he's done so much stuff within the context of hardcore and punk that, um, yeah, he's, he's been a person that's, uh, I've always been interested in and I was finally able to track him down, pick his brain. And it was really, really fun. So that's what we got next week. And I have to thank Josh Robbins from late bloomer for making this, uh, this, this love connection and, and getting the episode uh, kicked off. So thank you very much, Josh. But, um, yeah, until next week, Like I always say, please be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh. Hi there, I'm Zach Braff. And I'm Donald Faison. We're real-life best friends, but we met playing fake life best friends, Turk and JD, on the sitcom Scrubs. 20 years later, we've decided to rewatch the series one episode at a time and put our memories into a podcast you can listen to at home. We're going to get all our special guest friends like Sarah Chalk, John C. McGinley, Neil Flynn, Judy Reyes. Show creator Bill Lawrence, editors, writers, and even prop masters will tell us about what inspired the series and how we became a family. You can listen to the podcast Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach and Donald on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.